0: Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking
1: drink.
0: Yeah, welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. going to be a banger of a Tuesday today, DeAnthony. I heard somewhere it's
2: Wednesday. Really?
0: No. It could be.
2: I'm trying to switch the days up and confuse people.
0: Uh, Look, for me, living in a studio every single day, you could definitely do it, and I wouldn't know. Yeah. Uh, Unless my wife tells me what day it is, or God forbid I miss Trash Day, then uh, I don't know what day it
2: is. So I've actually had to put an alarm on my phone because it's every other week for recycling, right? And I always, for like a month in a row, I put it out on the wrong week. Yeah, and I was so angry that I just finally. I guess I am just old. I am making notes for myself now. It's um, not
0: that. Just dump it all in the main one. Recycling's for poor people. I don't like it. Well,
2: paper I don't mind. Paper and cardboard actually makes sense. Okay. Because there is so many products that are made out of it, but do not ever. This is a, this is a message for all anybody can hear the sound of my voice. Yeah. Do not ever recycle this. No. Do you know why? Why? Because it doesn't get recycled.
0: No, it doesn't get recycled. It doesn't
2: get recycled because of all the extra, the glue on it or sediment inside of it. So what they do with anything that isn't a pristine, cleaned uh, plastic bottle is they throw it in to a giant bin and it gets shipped over to Africa and then they throw it into the fucking ocean. That's exactly what happens.
0: And today we actually have the man um, who does the cleanup over in Africa. Mike Glover is here. (laughs) He is a survivalist.
2: So he's building, like, I, I think he would be more likely to take a bunch of these, fill them, with, uh, fill them halfway up with water and make a fucking raft out of it. You know what I mean? Maybe.
0: Have you ever done that, Mike? Have you ever filled up a bunch of water bottles and then just uh, floated over to Cuba?
1: No, I was just going to say, those, those rafts made of plastic American bottles and cans are providing refuge mm. and escape from tyranny. In Africa. Thanks oh, don't turn this taxpayers. into one of your fucking causes, Mike.
0: Yeah, Mike, we're not doing blood diamond shit here today, dude. You
1: beat me to diamond. I'll do it. I will bring me it. to
0: diamond. We're not doing that today, Mike. Um, before you came on the show, we were we were joking behind the scenes. I don't know if you could hear us or not. Uh, one about your beauty. Two uh, about your complexion. You're a Vin Diesel type of guy where. I don't know what race you are, and we can kind of slot you into like 43 different things. Uh, What are you actually?
1: Well, according to 23andMe, apparently, which is tracking all my DNA and putting the information out, before I got it as a Christmas gift from my mother, um, I checked my DNA, and I'm half Scandinavian, Mm. like Norwegian, 50%. Mm. Viking, yeah. A little bit of Japanese and a little bit of Korean. The majority is Korean i imagine the japanese is from imperialism mm-hmm. raping and pillaging yep because of that whole you know history thing that the japanese have with korea um but the rest of the norwegian side is my dad's side so yeah yeah the it. norwegian the the, the
2: vikings are definitely not known for their raping or anything no not at all or uh very that's, anti-rape that's, that's actually mostly what they're known
0: for. <laughs> <laughs> Um, did the Japanese part of you not want to go see Oppenheimer
1: this weekend? Dude, I really want to see that movie, but something, maybe 13% of me doesn't want to see that. I don't know what it is. Something in me. <laughs>
0: he covers up 13% of his body, dude, before he walks yeah. in. It was like, okay, yeah. now I'm ready to see Oppenheimer. Right,
2: you just get some optics and cut
1: 13% slits and then... <laughs> It looks like a badass. I'm not gonna lie; the preview is really good.
0: I saw it; it was dope. It's well worth it. Go see it in IMAX. The, but there's the no intermission, it, right? There's
2: no intermission. It's three hours, eight minutes, or something like that.
0: Yeah, uh, yes, That's a, it. it mm. Flies by. It's it's one of the best movies I've seen in a very, very long time. And uh, the sounds of all of it in IMAX, like this, the seat was shaking, like I was in Top Gun. Ooh, and that it just it flew by the three hours, all that stuff. You can give Homeboy the Oscar today. Yeah. Um, it was a, a fantastic film, and I highly recommend everybody seeing it. Nolan uh, should just go out on top on this one, probably. Boy, dude, how is do you it, top what, it? What is he,
2: 82 or some shit? No,
0: no, he's definitely not. He's a very young man. Um, but he does have a brother <laughs> that's uh, uh, apparently an assassin or something oh, like that. Um, did you guys cover that on Softcore History about the, his brother? No, no, no. I discovered that uh, as Oppenheimer was coming out that his brother apparently killed somebody in Costa Rica under the name Matthew Oppenheimer. Shut the fuck up. That's a great story. That was this code, Dan. Oh, boy. Mike, you're special forces. Can you track this guy down (laughs) and find Christopher Nolan's brother who's murking people uh, across the world? Wait, did
2: he not get caught? No. Oh, good for him. He's on the lamp. He's still on the run. Yeah. That's what Christopher Nolan's doing. He's just financing his brother's fucking... His brother's, his brother's freedom across the world?
0: <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great if it were That's true. That's what this has
2: all been about, all the Batman and everything. <laughs>
0: He's calling his agent. He's like, hey, man, is there another fucking movie I can make? I can get my brother over out of Bermuda. i got to get him somewhere, man. It'd be great. <laughs> um, but with you, Mike, you've had such a wild life here that just seems to keep getting crazier and crazier as the days go by. Uh, I want to talk about, it's a true story for the audience if you don't know it, Um, uh, you accused the FBI of falsely labeling you as a domestic terrorist and targeting your family, not accused,
2: not accused, just said that that's what they did because that's exactly what they did.
0: Okay. Can you tell the story behind this here? Because this is wild as shit.
1: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I'm surprised it doesn't get as much attention. I mean, like nobody pays attention to this shit anymore, but, um, so about three years ago, I started this American contingency thing nothing crazy just a a preparedness forum literally a forum where people could go to get linked in with people in their community in your own backyard like we used to have community watch when I was growing up and everybody Mm -hmm. you know I was like playing in neighbors houses and my dad didn't even know who the hell those people were but I was like bouncing from house to house all the neighbor kids were because you could back then um I started that because of the the stuff that was going on in Seattle where the mayor told the police chief which later Came out as as true. We we heard it on the back back end, like before it was reported, that the mayor said to the chief, don't enforce any of the laws. Don't go in to Chaz in these restricted areas unless it's a mass casualty. So if it was burglar, if it was a burglary, it was assault, it was anything violent except for mass casualties, you weren't getting responded to. So I said, Hey, that's a problem, especially for people who live in neighborhoods where they don't know their neighbor. So we'll interconnect them through this form, through this idea. So I got I put that out. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a very leftist article was written about me and this group. I mean, this thing's like 20 pages long. Mm. It was written <clears throat> and then USA Today republished it. So then it blew up, at least on headline news. All of a sudden, I lose my Shopify account, my merchant service account, my Facebook, my Instagram, everything gets shut down. And I'm like, there's collusion. Somebody's talking to somebody. I know how this shit works. I worked for the CIA, where if I was traveling overseas as a contractor in air quotations, mm-hmm. then I would get flagged in the continental United States by TSA everywhere I traveled. Um, because no, the right hand's not talking to the left hand. I mean, it's the right hand's not talking to the left toe. And so nobody's communicating. And I would get rolled up all the time. So I'm like, oh, yeah, this is how the shit works. I thought I just said it. I'm like, this is likely what's happening Had no evidence of it And then about a year later, Project Veritas Releases all the information And my name verbatim My organa- organization Verbatim is basically on a Militia violent extremist MVE document That was internal to the FBI Where they said, these are potential threats And domestic terrorist Organizations And uh, mine was a pass through entity so I was a facilitator I wasn't the guy um, in placing the bomb I was just facilitating the extremism and my name my name was put out I had some FBI HRT guys I worked with in the past reach out to me behind the scenes confirming that some of them took up for me and then when that got released and I went public all of a sudden after I did Joe Rogan's podcast Mm -hmm. the following day Facebook magically lifted my ban on, on both accounts And still, Shopify hasn't told me why they shut down my entire business. They literally said, "You got 48 hours to collect your data," and we're shutting it down and completely try to destroy my business. We recovered since then, but that was just a silly of it, man. It was just, it was insane, and I, I still think things linger in the background. And at their will, they could obviously they're you know they're communicating with social media Mm. channels behind the scenes. Mm. But I I feel like it's still a thing that goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, 100%. Two
2: two things. One, uh, the the preparedness stuff is literally, it, it isn't like what happens if government troops roll into town. It's like what happens if the energy grid fails? And I don't understand how you could associate that level of preparedness with some kind of threat. That's fucking weird, right? That anybody would even make that Same. connection between those two things. It's, it's only weird if you don't understand what the fuck's going on though, right? Which is that they want a fucking placated, docile population that represents no threat to them, A, and then B is on the tit. We need government. We can't get away from government. We can't, yeah. we can't shrink government. How are we going to do that? They provide everything. Well, they don't provide shit, actually. Um, The other part of this is, this is the literal definition of fascism, where government agencies are cooperating with motherfucking private companies to squeeze people out, right? Mm -hmm. To squeeze out dissent. That is the literal definition of fascism. Everybody says, they, they, they hear fascism and they think of Hitler. It's like, that's one person that was a fascist. Yes, correct. Yeah. Right? But Mussolini was a fascist and the Italians didn't target Jews for annihilation. It isn't. Fascism isn't defined by uh, race, racism or anti jewish prejudice or any of that bullshit. It literally is the the coordination between government and private industry to fucking suffocate people that's what that's the literal definition of it and we're we actually I, I think America is currently fascist, frankly
0: well right? uh, look you keep using the word and you keep using it on social media, and it takes on another meaning that it shouldn't mm. uh, and then once you get labeled that. You can lose everything. Um, you can lose your business. You can lose your company. You can lose all of this shit. Tell everybody the name of your company that was specifically targeted uh, that you think the government uh, shut down all of your socials for.
1: Yeah, so it was my company's Phil Craft Survival. We're a preparedness company. Been around for about eight years now, and that's where it started. I mean, the American contingency, which is a dot-com, is just a an action arm for preparedness for you know activating people to be able to take care of themselves in natural and man-made disasters. That's just one facet of it. But ultimately they went after my company, Phil Survival. I mean when when Shopify, which is Canadian based and ultimately Russian owned, at least the founder is, when when they literally say 48 hours you got or and we're shutting down your business with no reasons, no specific reasons at all, and they 're allowed to do that um, and the justification would be well they 're a private entity a- entity so facebook uh, Instagram, which you know is obviously owned by zuckerberg it 's a it 's a private entity, but these entities are so large and so massive, and there 's so much capital that 's built off the programming in these where you know people like me who didn 't have startup capital you know i didn 't have a, i didn't grow up um, understanding business. I grew up in the military. So when I came out, I had to organically grow this from the ground up, utilizing social media. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a benefit, right? Using, Utilizing private industry and free markets. But at the point in which I'm employing you know, 60 people, and then all of a sudden, these companies, because of their collusion with government entities, can shut you down based on hearsay. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there was no legal process, which is my big beef with this whole issue. One, it got done on the back end i had no say in it my legal uh team my lawyer nobody had a say in it and essentially because i'm mike glover because i have a background because i have a social media presence i get loud i go on roguets podcast i talk i talk i talk something gets done but what about the people like the americans who are getting suppressed every single day the parents that are gone after because they're in parent-teacher conferences speaking their truth um companies and organizations that don't align with the narrative That are getting shut down because they have values their own values and that's who i'm afraid is getting suppressed and i I know they're getting suppressed Mm. that's i'm afraid that that the rest of the country isn't hearing about that needs to be brought up and constantly engaged and talked about
2: yeah and there's only one way to insulate yourself from shit like that and that is to you know when it comes to we talk about community policing right and that is uh the old way where a beat cop knew all the fucking people in their neighborhood. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, they just knew them by their first name. And it used to be that um, when a new person moved into your neighborhood, people would go over to their house and be like, hey, you need help moving your shit in? Or do you hear some food? Because I know it's like you don't want to get takeout for the next four days. you got kids and shit. And now we just sit in our homes, peek out through the blinds, and be like, huh, they're weird. Yep. And go back to watching fucking television. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is what – this is what – Bad actors in the aristocratic class always want, that's what they always want, is for me and you and Mike and these guys in this office to stop talking to each other. Because once we stop talking to each other and sharing reality with one another, then they can tell us whatever the fuck they want and we'll fucking believe it. That's just how it
0: goes. Yeah, and and with you, um, it's even scarier because it's your livelihood. And uh, if you didn't have the connections that you, you have as a person, I don't know that your business would be able to come back. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, Obviously you're an author Which we'll talk about your book Your new book in a minute here But uh, you have so many avenues To get out a message uh, very quickly And you were able to come back But what happened to all the people That nobody's talking about Who got banned from all these platforms uh, They just kind of go by the wayside And they don't have a voice like that to, to be able to come back And create another business Or do anything like this um, That's the people that I worry about and- Or the
2: 750,000 Private businesses that went away forever because of these fucking lockdowns. Seven hundred, almost, are over now. Three quarters of a million families lost everything: all their life savings, their fucking potential upward mobility, what they were going to leave their kids in the future, their career. They lost everything because of the cold. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: My my mom, for example, I grew up in an entrepreneurship home. My mom turned her garage into a beauty salon, like a one chair beauty salon. Here we are 40 years later and she has a spa. She worked from the ground up, literally from the ground up, like putting concrete on a dirt floor in the garage that was like a carport. And she started her business that way. She reposted on her Facebook page, which is a small page in Fayetteville, North Carolina, North Carolina in Vietnam, where her spa is. She reposted some stuff that I posted about American contingency because she was proud of her son her entire facebook business account got shut down because of that so anybody who was even reposting the links to that website com, was getting shut down and it's like that's not just an account and th- she wasn't paying she wasn't playing the game of social media for fun she was doing it because it was part of her livelihood and i think that's the disconnect now social media and the excuse that it's uh a free market and free business it's like if if you don't want to play then get out well if you got six billion people on one platform then where are you supposed to go if that's where everybody's attention is you go to that platform there should be protections for these businesses the last point is like when we look at um conservative culture which i'm certainly a conservative I consider myself a conservative mm-hmm. when when i look at the conservative culture the idea for example is be on your best behavior. Have the manners. Mm. And the idea of cancel culture, for example, that shit bothers me. Because when, when we look at, like Jason Aldean, right? Jason Aldean came out, did a song about how he was disgusted with the, the civil unrest and burning down of businesses. Don't try that in my small town. Whatever, it's a country music uh, song. Country music stars since the beginning of history have been talking about real issues that normal people deal with, okay? He talks about that, CMT and all these big corporations try to cancel them. And the the mantra from the conservative side is we need to stop cancel culture. No, 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 no. We don't need to fucking stop cancel culture because cancel culture exists. And you know who's winning? You know who's winning that narrative? The fucking leftist extremist who are canceling everybody. What we need to do is start standing up and canceling all these motherfuckers across the board. Like I came out once in uh, Carhartt. The CEO came out and was supporting BLM. And I I took, I did a post and I said, uh, I put all my shit in a pile. I said, all this shit's free. If you need clothing because you work on a ranch and you need Carhartt shit, I will send it to you. I sent out thousands of dollars worth of Carhartt shit to ranchers and farmers who were going to use it in the muck. Mm -hmm. And people were like, you shouldn't fall into cancel culture. I was like, bullshit. That's consumer culture. If you're a business owner and you're supporting a radical leftist ideology, that's a problem. And so, when I see conservatives like Jason Aldean, and I'll put that in air quotes because I don't know his, his conservative background or if that's the reality. As conservatives, we need to stand up and say, dude, we need to put these people on blast. We need to put these companies on blast and start speaking our mind and not buy into the idea that we're, oh, we're just doing what they do, cancer culture. This is a battlefield. It is just a different extreme of it and we need to get our heads wrapped in the game and i i think we're completely checked out because we want to be good samaritans or good people it's like no we need to cancel them just like they're canceling us and and those are consumer choices sure that's that's not that's not a bad thing
2: well we spend a lot of time talking about the free market right but the free market is like a dog it it is trained based on how you incentivize it mm-hmm. right um uh and it, it's a good point it, I, I don't i don't understand the pushback i mean for for years a mantra on the economic side not necessarily conservative or liberal has been that uh every dollar you spend is a vote for the kind of world you want to live in right i think mm-hmm. everybody's heard this this yeah, sentence sure. um yeah well fucking of course it is of course it is that's why you know engaging in the the passive behaviors that that ultimately lead to fucking bullshit like this happen It just happens over time, you know what I mean? And it's us falling asleep at the wheel.
0: But but this is also the first time that I can remember where people are actually making their decisions with their wallets. And, you know, you've seen it with Bud Light, you've seen it with Targets, and that's still going on right now. Uh, Two days ago, there was a company, I'm sorry, yesterday, I believe, uh, a company that went public um, with a SPAC. I think it was Public Public Square. Yes. And uh, they're specializing in companies that believe in the same messaging and they're offering you a place to go and be like, all right, uh, who believes in the same values I believe in and and is this where you want to spend your money? Um, And I don't have a problem with that, right or left, right? If the left wanted to do that as well, great. You should be able to pick out companies that you want to support and somebody do a background check and say, hey, all right, great. I want to support this and here's where my money's going because that will ultimately affect uh, these companies in the long run. And uh, you've certainly seen it with Bud Light all year long and, uh, and Target and things like that. And I think that's the only thing that you can do other than get people on a podcast and keep talking about it over and over again and all that other stuff. Now in your uh, unique situation here, um, obviously we share a, a mutual friend in, in Evan Hafer, who's the CEO of Black Rifle Coffee. This happened to him as well. Did you reach out to Evan and, uh, when they were pulling Shopify and all your bank accounts and all that other stuff? Because they did that. Uh, I don't know if you are familiar with the Rittenhouse thing. When, uh, when Rittenhouse came out wearing a Black Rifle Coffee shirt, they started pulling down shit immediately. And you know, Evan had to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, Here's what the situation is. Why would you want to cancel
1: my business? Did you chat with him about it? Yeah, absolutely. He was one of the I mean, he's obviously in my close friend group i started reaching out to guys uh talk to evan about it and you know you know distributors started pulling the the coffee off the shelves immediately yep and you know on one side from the far right he's being called a bootlicker and 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 he's a sellout and on the other side he's being called uh, a right-wing extremist. Yeah. yeah isn't it that, isn't it
2: fucking stupid? Like for from the beginning <laughs> of the company Black Rifle, we made a conscious decision to never run promotional deals on fucking Memorial Day because mm-hmm. we didn't want to profit off of our dead fucking friends. And I didn't think that was a controversial stance to take. And then this Rittenhouse thing happens, we talk about it. Um, you know, you and I are talking about it on the show. They're talking about it on their show as well at the same time. And it's like, well, we don't want to profit off some people's deaths. They're Americans. Like no matter how fucked up they are, we're not trying to make money out the back of people getting killed. And by the way, I don't think Rittenhouse is at a great mental state right now because I wouldn't be if I were him untrained yeah. and unprepared to be fucking murkin people and shit like that. And you're just a kid, 17 years old. That's not a great situation to be in. How dare you fucking take advantage of that and try to make money off of it? And that somehow became a fucking controversial thing.
0: And the other thing, too, was uh, when they were calling you guys anti-2A and you were like, bro, the, the word rifles in the fucking title. Like, I, you know, obviously we know how hard uh, they fought for that just to keep it in over the years and how important it was. Um, but he had the experience in it. And what do you do next? Um, do you, you go through your legal team? Uh, do you start making calls yourself? And then how did you end up on Rogan? Are you that friendly with him where you're you texting him? And you're like, hey, Joe, I'm going through some shit. Uh, I would love to come on the show and talk about it. What was the next phase for you?
1: Yeah, so the, the first step was salvaging what we had left. Because when Shopify gave us 48 hours, we didn't have many options. And so a lot of – when I put it out on social media, like, like two major things. One, I said, guys – this is what's happening in the business this is not a trick Fuck, i'm telling you exactly what's going on behind the scenes i and like like for example when shopify shut us down they took down the website and then gave us the 48 hours so we didn't have a website w- whatsoever then they said um we're deleting all the data well the the thing to note with Shopify was our website, which we built utilizing their platform and the good user interface, because it's so awesome, like tool, mm. especially for young entrepreneurs who are interested in starting a business. My entire website was built off that backbone, so I couldn't pull that away. I had to start from scratch. So me and my 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 uh, marketing director got online and started a WordPress and literally spent three days Building and developing on the front end the business as you could see it, so you can you can get in there and LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. On the back end of the business, um, we weren't making any money, so I put it out and said, "Hey, I got I got Phil Craft hats. I will sell these hats. Uh, if you want to support the business, that's fine. If not, no big deal." And we sold twenty thousand dollars worth of hats in a day, which profoundly again helped us. But again, because I had a social media position mm-hmm. as. As this is rolling out, Joe Rogan is actually paying attention to this. And I never asked him once, even to the the point in which he invited me on the uh, podcast. I never uh, asked him once to be on this podcast. He was seeing what was going on. And because we have so many attached friends, was like, dude, what's going on? And I explained it to him. And at this time, he wasn't completely bought into all the things that were going on the back end. You know, he was, he was seeing the things that were going on with COVID. He was seeing things going on with his friends. And he was kind of making this turning point in his own journey of going, dude, there's some serious issues here. And when he identified that, he had me on to, uh, to obviously support me and support the business, but to explain to everybody what was going on behind the scenes. So we salvaged the business. We started over. We got plugged in with providers that allowed us um, to not be suppressed because they didn't tell us what it was. Now, remember, when originally when we got canceled, we thought it was because we did gun-related training. We didn't think it was an FBI deal. Oh. We, that was a rumor. Okay. We, we actually thought it was um, because we host self-defense training, and they had some stipulation, but they wouldn't tell us. Um, the merchant service, which is the financial connection in between the consumer and our, and our uh, website, pulled the plug <laughs> as well. And, and so we're like, well, what the hell is going on? It must be the gun stuff. Mm. And then we put it out as like, hey, we're getting suppressed by the gun stuff. But then when it came out, it was the FBI. And, and then when FBI agents that were buddies of mine were confirming to me that this was the truth. I had a, I had like a supervisor who was the senior JT, the, the Joint Terrorism Task Force lead in, on the East Coast. I won't say the city because it's very specific. This dude drove out to SIG Academy. To have a conversation with me in the parking lot gave me a formal apology on behalf of the fbi and then gave me an informal apology and affirmation of support because he said all the guys support what i'm doing and the the fbi has completely changed so you know that that over the course of two years was my life of fighting this ban i mean we were completely banned on social media like instagram and facebook and we didn't know what the hell to do we were doing like covert accounts we are setting up secondary accounts, had no connections. Um, and I would say the power of social media was the amount of influence that we were able to network and bring in people who were willing to help us. We had insiders on Facebook that were literally going behind the scenes and changing things in our position on accounts so that we could be better moderated and get the benefit of the doubt, um, which is a, a huge testament to just all the people have been supporting us since the very beginning.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know the reason why I wanted to, to dig into this is uh, it's such a serious issue, and it's happening to to a lot of people, and they just don't know about it. And even to your point, we were talking about Rogan. I was the same way initially, and I think you know, uh, some of the guys we work with were as well, where everybody hears, oh, you got shadow banned. Oh, you got banned. What does it really mean? Is it really true? Are people just trying to get attention? And then when you actually dig into it, you're like, oh, fuck. No, this is something far more nefarious here, and, uh, and this goes up to the higher level. Um, you know, I'm, I heard you mention about the FBI uh, that they're different now. Um, would you almost say that there is this weaponization of the FBI, Uh, in in the CIA. I mean, you were in the CIA. I'm surprised you weren't able to make that call to to somebody and be like, hey, guys, the fuck is going on here? Like, you know who I am and what I do, right? They don't give a
2: fuck about gunfighters.
1: No shit. No, they don't
2: give a fuck. We're just just tools for these people.
1: Yeah, I I would say the low level, the, the tactical, at the tactical level, like on the ground, you got a good support network and infrastructure. I was in the CIA when John Brennan came in, and I felt... In the room, the political shift, I mean, all these agencies, the 17 plus organizations in the IC, the intelligence community, have always been political. I mean, it's always been that way because, uh, you know, a lot of the positions are political appointees and everybody working their way to the top in the funnel are trying to get in that position politically. So they have an agenda. From the ground level i would say from the tactical level maybe from the chief of base or the, C- the 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 chief of base the cob at the tactical level has good intent and those are the guys that are doing the work the day-to-day work <clears throat> but at the higher echelons according to this fbi agent who's like a gs-15 i mean this dude's a high level supervisor of the joint terrorism task force in his area he said at his 30 plus years in the fbi he's never seen this level of bureaucracy and political uh, pawn. I mean, like everybody that's underneath the supervisors that are working for the head level guys are pawns, and they're moving the pawns on a on a chessboard, and it's all gaming. And so every decision that's made is is politically correct for that political game, and that was the big shift. Uh, I I saw it in the military, which is one of the reasons. I migrated from active duty, went to the reserve component, and then shifted to the CIA um, and then realized you can't get away from it. I can't even get away from it as a civilian, which is interesting, just because of the the genre that we're in of preparedness. Mike, you got a podcast.
0: You know we got to shout out our sponsors. First and foremost, GhostBed.com forward slash drinking bros, 50% off. The bundle package, that's still going on, huh? I don't know how these dudes are making any money. Uh, I mean, God bless and all that stuff, but uh, at a certain point, you're probably going to go out of business. I don't care. Take it, Exploit them. Take advantage of it, dude. Get that fucking bundle package, dog. It's the adjustable base and the mattress combined together. Split King, most popular version on that thing. It really is. Comes with two remote controls instead of one. I've got the one with one remote control, and uh, you know, it is what it is, dude. I like to lay with my lady, but some people go uh, to sleep before or after the lavas, and uh, you know, that extra remote control will put you where you need to be at the right time. So I don't blame you if you're doing it. And clearly, if it's their most popular version, people are doing it all over the world. Good for you guys. off when you bundle it up together. Now, if you have the adjustable base, uh, you can get the mattress for 40% off by typing in the promo code Drinking Bros at checkout. When you get a mattress, you're going to get two free luxury pillows with it as well. And uh, the pillows are just as good as the goddamn mattress. So, uh, take my word for it. When you get the mattress, make sure you get those pillows, dude, for free. Make sure, though, that box is checked and you're good to go. Also, while you're there, check out the sheets. Sheets are super underrated. I've got those in every single room in my house as well. Uh, They got new mattresses for RVs right now because RVs don't know how to make mattresses. But they sure know how to to ring you up for ninety grand for one of those goddamn things. To so take advantage of that, they got weighted blankets, uh, covers for the mattresses, all the fun stuff there. Uh, and the beauty of it is, when you type in the promo code Drinking Bros at checkout. You'll get 40% off of everything. So no matter what you put in the cart, you're going to get 40% off there. And when you check out, you will see a three-year pay-as-you-go program. No interest as long as you have decent credit over there. Check that box. And they're forced to give you those deals that I just mentioned with the three-year pay-as-you-go program. Take advantage of it. Stretch out the payments so you can stretch out in a brand new bed. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today. Next up, we got firstform.com forward slash drinking bros. Thank God these guys are on the show. Thank God they've got the micro factors there. All right. Otherwise I'd forget to take my vitamins every single day. Even a young man like myself at a spry 33 years old still needs to take vitamins. Uh, the micro factors are the best comes in a little plastic package. You rip it open. You take uh, you know the seven or eight vitamins that are in there, all the essentials. You know you got the fruits and veggies, the 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 Coquitans, all the fun stuff that you need as an adult to walk around and have your your bones not break out in public. Uh, it's all in one tiny little bag, and it's easy to use. Please check out the MicroFactors while you're there. Don't sleep on those uh, those energy drinks. Those have become my 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 go-tos, my new favorites. Uh, they were already at my gym before uh, First Form was on the show. And uh, big, big fan of those guys. Best in the biz, energy drink-wise, in my opinion right now. Uh, not a fan of Prime or Zoar or any of that bullshit. First Form has knocked it out of the park, though, with their energy drinks. You can uh, you can go there for those. Uh, they've also got uh, dope apparel and workout plans and uh, and all the fun stuff. Protein sticks are really fucking good, too. Uh, the breakfast sausages are my favorite. Go to firstform.com slash bros today. We're going to get free shipping off of orders over $75. Look, uh, instead of having 80 jars of vitamins lined up uh, in your medicine cabinet or on your kitchen counter... Just get the micro factors, dude, in a bag, and you can just pop those in your gullet and be done with it for the day. Uh, huge fan of First Form. Love all their products over there. Go to firstform.com slash drinking bros. Free shipping on orders over $75. It is a big savings. I can promise you that. Uh, last but not least, we got hardafseltzer.com. Let's go. We just crossed uh, our 350th store today. Unbelievable, man. We're live in Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida. A little Birdie told me that uh North Carolina's coming up soon. Let's fucking go, dude. Go to hardafseltzer.com, type in the store locator, find the location nearest you. All you got to do is put in your zip code uh, or the city you're currently in, literally on your phone, and Google Maps will just give you directions to the closest location there so you can get it cheap. I know shipping it to your house is fucking expensive because it's, it's heavy. I'm trying to ship a case of booze, it's like fucking $25, dude. I'm not a fan of it. Eventually, I'd like to nuke out all online shipping and just have it in every single store in America. We're working on it. We just passed 350 stores today. Can't believe it. Uh, super amped about it. Uh, also, if you're in the, uh, the Florida area down there and you're taking your kids to the ballpark this summer, uh, we're the official hard seltzer of the Miami Marlins, the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Tampa Bay Rowdies down there. Uh, if you're into soccer, which I am. It's one of the best stadiums I've ever been to, actually, Al Lang. Huge fan of those guys. Uh, but again, we are now in Alabama, Georgia, Georgia. Tennessee and Florida. North Carolina's coming up, I believe, this weekend. I'll get you the deets as soon as they come out. Uh, and we're everywhere. Uh, the easiest one to remember is Total Wines. We're in every single Total Wines in, uh, in all of those states. Uh, so you can just pop on over there, grab yourself some 8% seltzers. No carbs, no sugars, no glutens, if you give a fuck about that. And the new flavors are out. So, all these stores and all these brand new locations have the new flavors in there the pina coladas in there, as well as the watermelon. Support us and support the show by going to hardafseltzer.com today and, and check out that store locator. Find a store nearest you now that we've almost conquered the Southeast. Ding it. Sure. Uh, and speaking of that, uh, your new book is out now called Prepared, it's a manual for surviving worst case scenarios. Even this, I mean, I, when you look at it, you're like, "Dude, what are we banning here?" I don't I, like. I don't. There's nothing really controversial about what you're doing um, to to warrant this type. So, of I,
2: I wrote a ban. I wrote a paper in my master's class, uh, which my my master's degree was in international and security, and the paper was on what happens if the U.S. energy grid fails. Here's what happened. This is the, here's the brief points. The first month, 3 million people are dead. 3 million people dead in the first month. There's nothing you can do about States. it. United States? Yes. Okay. So um, old people, young people, sick people, they're all dead, like babies and shit like that. Anybody that, can't, that needs any kind of assistance from something that requires energy, they, they all die. And then over the next 18 months, unless something drastic happens to bring power back online, you're looking at 70 to 80% of the population dying. And here's why, because we don't have the fucking skills anymore to survive without refrigerated food or without water supplies that are operated by the way, by fucking electricity. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to do any of this stuff anymore. There is no bottled water at Walmart after the first day, right? It's shit. we saw that in
0: 2020. Yeah. That yeah. shit's
2: over. So you better be goddamn prepared is all I'll say for, for whatever comes. Like I, I think I was having a conversation with a guy about this uh, yesterday. I feel like veterans, especially, are way too overconfident about their ability to fucking survive if all this shit goes away. They're way too confident. This is when you were in fucking Iraq or Afghanistan. There was a truck that showed up from time to time with fucking bags of MREs and shit. That ain't happening here. It's not how you think FEMA is going to come fucking take care of you. No, you are going to fucking die unless you're prepared. You and your family are going to die. And look, the the reality of this, and the thing that makes you know, American contingency and groups like it so important is that you're also not going to, you and your family of five or whatever the fuck you have going on, you're not going to survive without the people around you either.
0: Oh, that, that is 100% true. Yeah. Um, but, but Mike, for you personally as an author uh, writing a book like this, you have to look at it of like, all right, why are you banning somebody who wants to prepare society for uh, worst case scenarios? Like, what is the, the, the danger in writing a book like that or having a a podcast that talks about that, why ban you? Like, that's, it's, I just don't get it. Uh, Unless we're, you know, there's something in the future that we don't know about and they're all gonna, you know, take away all of our shit. And they're like, well, we can't have this book out there because God forbid they survive.
1: Is that what it is? Well, there's two parts to it. As an individual, both uh, arrogance and egos and I, I think that obviously the stigmas surrounding preppers make people or individuals uncomfortable with the idea. I mean, when you're living complacent, when you're living in a comfort crisis and you identify it as like the best times of your life and you, know, you, you go from a 72 degree box that is on wheels to your 72 degrees uh, box that's your home, you, you're not living in discomfort. So why mess with anything and why introduce something that makes you feel uncomfortable? That's, that's part of it. And it has to do with a lot of psychological factors. The other component to it is, as individuals a- a- amassed and collective in a society, we have bought into the idea of outsourcing mm. all the components that make us more efficient. And this is air quotes, efficient. And that idea is, if I get time back because I outsource my kids' education... I outsource my health care because I got a hospital that took care, cares of it, uh, care of it for me. I have all of my security outsourced because I just dial 911 and they come to me. I don't have to think about those things anymore. I get the time back and my life is more efficient so I can work more. So that's great, except that entire relationship is dependent on the outsourced institution being squared away. And we already know that's not the case because people are getting dumber and more complacent by, by the millisecond. Mm-hmm. And as that continues to happen, you get infrastructures that break down. Case in point, Seattle, Washington. I mean, where you get the mayor telling the chief, don't enforce law. And now you're like, oh, that's sovereignty. You're compromising sovereignty and security, like the foundation of this country that keeps us secure physically to be able to do all the libertarian kind of things. So when we set all of that aside in this book, it was very difficult, one, getting a book deal. I mean, me talking to Penguin Random House that you know, has Jordan Peterson that sold a million copies of his book and didn't get on the New York Times bestseller list mm-hmm. through Penguin Random House that, that publishes Michelle Obama. It's like you try to go into that spectrum and, and have a publisher like Penguin take a chance on you. That was difficult. That took me two years of like, hey man, who can I talk to? I'm not extreme, just listen to what I have to say about this, here's the manuscript, here's the here's the opening chapter, and then finally they gave me a shot. So I'm I'm actually very grateful for Penguin Random House for doing that. But let me give you another example. So we go to market, and the number for books is 10,000. And maybe I'm saying trade secrets, but I don't give a fuck, I, I'm like, this uh, is we, something we've, that people... We've
0: spilled that on this show, yeah, yeah, a bunch. Go ahead, yeah, fire away. It,
1: Yeah, it needs to be, it needs to be told. So the secret for the New York Times bestseller list and people would go, well, why do you care so much about a list? I care about the list because that's the position to get it marketed to a broader audience. When you're on a list, every airport bookstore, every bookstore buys your books. Mm -hmm. You're on every list. You get at the top of all the priorities for marketing or, or you don't. They said the number is 10,000 units sold, but on, on opening day, we had 26,000 on opening day of books sold, which is, which is even more than some of my friend groups books that have the same kind of networks. We we even outpace them. So I'm like, no doubt we're getting on the New York times bestselling list. The publisher comes back and goes, we are going to get on the list. If we don't, then something is seriously going on internal. Well, the list comes out and we're not on it. We're, We're number three on the wall street journal, top selling nonfiction books, because Wall Street Journal looks at facts. They look at stats. They look at the sell through rate and then New York Times bestsellers. They don't have us on there. Well, they said, I mean, they got sued before. because of this, Mm -hmm. they said they're an editorial and they could do whatever they want. It's it's a curated list. Yeah, they they hide behind
0: uh, the fine print that says we are a curated list and we have the right uh, to put on who we deem. Uh, noteworthy and uh, and put him on the New York Times bestseller list and uh, it's a fuck all. Um, yeah. This has been going on for years and years and years. So you're not the yeah. first person who's been left off the list for that issue. Um, but uh, you know, especially with shit, Jack Carr did your forward in this book. I mean, yeah. is there anybody bigger than Jack these days? His book was number one um, two weeks ago. Uh, we did the the show with him at Barnes and Noble a few weeks back here in Austin. He did the forward for this. It's everywhere. Uh, When you go back to the publisher, do they then say, hey, guys,
1: can you take a look at this for the second week? What ended up happening? Did you eventually make it on the list? Well, they they pushed the pace. And I'll say, you know, I I don't know if they know how to position a book like this because they're not familiar with the genre. I mean, it was a risk and gamble for them to take this. But if you go to like to a Barnes and Noble, this book is in five different places depending on where – Barnes and Noble wants to position it because the publisher has no control anymore over these type of things. So when the publisher came to me and said, Hey, where do you want to promote this? I said, I want Oprah Winfrey and they're like, Oprah, like what about like Sean Hannity? I'm like, dude, this is not a conservative book. This book is for like every American in the country, everybody in the world. I mean, I'm actually selling this book in South Korea now because I think it's pertinent to the situation. When you have a demilitarized zone set in 1953 between a nuclear superpower and a a a sovereign country that we're supporting that they should know about these type of things so it shouldn't be too controversial but apparently it is i didn't get oprah winfrey i didn't get tim ferris i didn't get anybody that i wanted to talk to except for the people that we lined up and we were able to communicate to like and that's what's unfortunate it's like they went out and shopped it and they said Hey, would you be interested to talking to Mike about this preparedness book? And they're like, No, we'll pass. Like everybody passed on it. And it's because one, um, the genre scares the shit out of people. Mm-hmm. And and two, it, it, it is immediately identified with radical ideology, mm. especially far right extreme ideology. And if you just read the fucking book, if you just listen to it on audible for a second and you hear it. There's nothing extreme about preparing for your worst case scenario, because your worst case scenario is not the zombie fucking apocalypse. It's the car accident that you never knew was going to happen when you leave your fucking yeah. driveway and you get T-boned by some asshole on his cell phone. And, and then you're bleeding out of your fucking crotch and, and realizing, oh, maybe I should have paid attention to first aid or or preparedness just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then it's too too late, too far gone. It's yeah. like this shit's not extreme. And in the from a military position this is what the lifestyle is in the military it's not a profession it's not a job it's a lifestyle so you prepare because you get physically prepared you get mentally prepared you train you pay attention and these things are lost on most americans and i'm just trying to bring it back in, back into the conversation yeah I
2: man. it's like people have this idea of what a quote unquote prepper is and it's ted kaczynski it's not mike glover yeah. You know yeah, I mean? yeah yeah And you're a reasonable guy who will articulate the need for all these skills without a political bend to it, right? And to a government that wants to control people, um, the idea of somebody who isn't easily branded a lunatic teaching uh, the population how to sustain and protect themselves, that is an existential threat to their plan. And that's it why is. they go out of their fucking way via the media and via uh, domestic violent extremists, whatever the fuck that means, to make you look like a fucking crazy person. You don't have to eschew, by the way, all modern comforts. People have this idea that you've got to live in the fucking, a fucking cabin in the woods mm-hmm. to, to, yeah. to, to, to be prepared for this stuff. You don't have to eschew all modern comforts and tech. As a matter of fact, you should make use of whatever is available because your enemy sure as shit is. Including AI, by the way, that everybody's so afraid of. If you're not taking advantage of the tools available to you, then you are behind the enemy. That's how that works. And you should be prepared for the worst regardless of of how good you think things are or how comfortable you are. What are you going to ask yourself this question? What are you going to eat and drink? And how are you going to stay warm and avoid infection if the power goes out for six months? Right? Like, can, can you answer that question? Because I don't think most people can. Sure couldn't.
0: And, uh, and if there wasn't a book out there, um, you know, because when you grow up, you learn whatever you can from your dad. Some people didn't have a father figure in their life or whatever. And you, you try to learn the basics, you know, how to change a tire, things like that uh, as you go on. But uh, now the world has become more complicated. Uh, it's more tech heavy. Uh, grids could go out bank accounts uh, are all digital those could be evaporated uh Yeah and do
2: you think you're the only person that thought uh, I'm just going to go to the local Walmart and fucking stock up on supplies Yeah if, if I, and and with my gun like yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well we're in Texas so that's everybody yeah. everybody's got a gun and everybody's going to Walmart to stock up on supplies that's not good. that's not a fucking game plan buddy that's that's wishful thinking at best
0: it's not uh and then the the dirty secret by the way Mike about penguin and all those guys uh in the books um Here's the the real shit about publishers. They love, secretly, behind the scenes, they love conservative books because conservatives actually buy shit and they buy these books. um, And they're some of the best that are sold. Um, Bill O'Reilly, Hannity, all those guys, you can go on and on and on forever. But they don't want to promote conservatives and they don't want to use the media to promote conservatives. They're more than happy to take your book sales. Uh, but as far as them actually making the call to Oprah or anyone else, I highly doubt they even gave that a shot in the first place. So, uh, they pretty much leave it up to you and then you're able to take these numbers for your next book and say, okay, here's the deal guys. Here's my chart. Here's how many books I sold. And then they'll give you another deal. And then it's another uphill climb for them to try to promote your book and get it seen by as many
1: people as possible. So yeah, that's, that's what, that's exactly what happened in. No offense to Penguin Random House, I love them. I, I'm thankful for the opportunity they gave me, but I'm I'm shopping at another publisher. Me and Annie Stump are writing a book on leadership, kind of a different spin on it. We're we're trying to help young men that are in trouble, um that need advice. So it's more about what not to do um through our life experiences. But we'll be shopping. Uh, I talked to Jocko a lot about his experiences. He started Jocko Press uh, through Saint Martin. And he's dealing with the same things. I mean, he's a he's a uh, renowned author, New York Times bestselling author, and even he at this point right now is dealing with some of those issues with some publishers. So he's just doing the shit on his own. I mean, uh, Goggins, he, he's not my friend network. I don't know him really well, but I heard that the last books he's he's done, he's di- he did them himself, mm-hmm. and he they're crushing. It's like, well, that's that's what we have to do as conservatives, as people who are doing this controversial genre. Uh, of preparedness, we'll just do the shit ourselves. I mean, I I, I, look, I I started an app, um, a a virtual education app on preparedness. When I first started that app three years ago, I used a LMS, a learning management user interface that was already made. You know, LMS is typical what you see in, in college. Like when I got my degree in Homeland Security, I went through an LMS website to be able to do all the things. I didn't want to invent the wheel because it's already made. So I'll just plug in preparedness training into this genre. We paid a set fee for an annual fee to plug in and talk to engineers and everybody was so freaked out about us teaching like self-defense and first aid and canning and jarring. They thought it was like, oh, and you could tell they were put off by all the content. So ultimately they just dragged their feet. So we said, fuck it. We'll just do it ourselves. So it's a lot more expensive that way. We have to host. Uh, we have to uh, you know, develop it on the front end, which we did with Vidmeo, and we got it launched. It's like, we'll just take the long way around. The, the unfortunate thing is conservatives want to talk the talk, but not many of them walk the walk. You got a lot of fucking wealthy conservatives that I know personally that are in my network that are billionaires mm-hmm. that aren't willing to put their money where their mouth is because they didn't want to piss anybody off. It's like, where's the conservative publisher that's fucking crushing it? Where's the conservative media outlet that's crushing it? Where's the conservative Hollywood uh, studio that's crushing it? They don't exist. And you know who's winning that campaign? The propaganda, the, the, the war of ideology and communication through different mediums, the fucking leftist that's why they're, that they're fucking winning. That's why half of our country is disaffected because they have the speaking voice and power through all these platforms to influence the masses. And we don't have shit. No, and So we got to start from scratch.
0: Yeah, and you got to do it on your own, man. I mean, uh, Sound of Freedom is a perfect example of that. Um, yep. Why human trafficking is controversial? No idea. Uh, same with your book, being, just being prepared for worst case scenarios. No idea why that isn't a, a nonpartisan uh, issue for, for both of those but it is. They had to buy back their movie from the studio. They had to put it out on their own. They had to create an app, pay it forward, get everybody to buy tickets for one another. <laughs> it's been
2: going on since 2017. Trying, they've been yeah. trying to get this movie made since 2017, six yeah. years. No, this isn't fucking Avatar, okay? I know. It should have taken maybe a year total
0: Does to get this. Does Kavizel not turn blue in this at all? Are we sure of that? Or I'll have to, to, to see. But uh, if I go in and, and I don't get 3D glasses... And is not arresting human traffickers as a blue man. No. I'm going to be a little disappointed in it. I can tell you that.
2: You, you should be keenly aware of what the powers that be in any situation. Don't even map this necessarily onto American politics in, in 2023 or American media in 2023. But the this is... Holloway's razor, right? It's like the more the media, or the more the people in power want you to believe something, the less you should believe it. Yeah. And the inverse of that is also true. But it is very telling what they try to categorize as a conspiracy theory, isn't it?
1: Yeah, like it's you're weird, trying to tell man. there's
2: 85 fucking thousand migrant children that are just missing right now. We know that. And that's just one data point out of all the other stuff that's going on. This is this one that we've recently verified. 85 fucking thousand children are just in the wind somewhere. Nobody knows where they are. And somehow this is a conspiracy theory. It has to be a conspiracy theory because if they admit it's real then they have to admit their culpability in it whether it's direct or just through incompetence, right? And that's not going to happen.
0: No, it, it definitely isn't. Uh, and in your book on uh, being prepared um, I want to kind of go over some, uh, some doomsday scenarios with you and, and see if you can tell me what to do here, okay? Yep. Uh, let's say I'm hammered, I'm a, a junior in college, I get out of the bar and I'm heading to Taco Bell and they're out of tacos at 2 a.m. What do I do then? What's my go-to snack that's gonna satisfy me and I'm not gonna kill or rape on, on a college campus?
1: Well, you should have an MRE stocked with your favorite inside of your trunk so easy you just park in the parking spot and you go to your trunk and you heat up the mre off the back of your trunk women will find you more attractive if you do that (laughs) and you eat and you crush tuna with noodles there's no better meal than tuna with noodles in the parking lot of a taco bell two in the morning all right so
0: let's go let's let's get to the bottom of this between the two of you guys are mres any good at whatsoever or do you guys have ptsd from eating those oh for they're fine and years and years. They taste, so you're fine yeah with they it? taste good okay. i mean
2: there are an annoying part well one the the uh, uh the veggie omelet is the most disgusting thing i've ever seen in my life oh, and God, how so how gross. dare you i'm a man in war how dare you <laughs> offer me vegetables in the first place you <laughs> piece of shit are you kidding me give me fucking meat bitch but there are annoying parts of it like when you get um peanut butter instead of jalapeno cheese you know what i mean. Not, not that I. I. It depends on your mood, right? So you can't really predict that shit. That's why you got to rat fuck the whole box and take everything you out like out of it and fuck everybody else, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, where do you live on that, Mike?
1: Well, I, the the best thing is eating an MRE. The worst thing is shitting. An oh MRE. my god, yeah. They don't really I mean, put if, a lot of fiber in there. <laughs> yeah. If you're interested, in, like in giving yourself a colonoscopy with like a a ten pound turd of MRE, I mean, people should also know in just the preparedness realm don't stockpile nothing but mres mm. i mean that's not what you want to eat in the last of days like when you're trying to survive like yeah that's what you eat because you're surviving when you're thriving you're you're putting things that you enjoy to eat and stockpiling like good food and the problem with most of these long term rations i mean there's 25 year shelf life rations they have a whole shit ton of sodium mm. for, and they're dehydrated and so um the best meals when I was in ranger school, the best meals were long-range patrol rations, and I was a winter ranger, so I went through uh, when they gave one meal a day, but it was a lerp ration, so it was a larger ration. But they used to have like sweet and sour chicken, except that sweet and sour chicken bowl would take a quart of water to rehydrate the food. Mm. So you would dump an entire canteen into this big void, and I mean, I've I've seen heat casualties from people just breaking it off like a cookie. And eating it, and then it blowing up in their guts, uh, it's not super good for you, but super tasty. I mean, there's you got to imagine the government doesn't do a lot of things right, but somehow they got MREs right.
0: Uh, I mean, I, are you just shitting through a screen door then? Like is no, that... no,
2: no. It's it is. Oh, uh, no! It, it's like. Uh, so you've got an asshole, right? Yep. Familiar with how your I sure body am. works? Yeah, 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 I've got, got one. an asshole. Looks something maybe like that—a little little hole. Yeah, it expands a little bit little that lets dime. a duke out. A little dime, yeah. yeah, Let's a little, a little duke dime. out. Little brown dime. Uh, now imagine trying to shit this laptop, mm-hmm. but this way. Oof. That's what it feels like. God, it a got Copenhagen got log. It's... Yeah, oh, a log okay. of Copenhagen. Yeah, there it is just like go. it's Max. goddamn ridiculous. You
1: got to eat fiber, right? <laughs> you <just laughs> have it and it. it will strip everything out of your guts. Oh, mean, yeah. you'll see. Yeah, you'll see the veins from your intestines, uh, the imprint of it on a turd. Um, but it, it seriously screws people up in the field. But it's a clean turd. I mean, you don't even have, I mean, it's just clean. It's it's just a just clean, smooth
0: fruit. turd, and it's it's a yeah. one wipe sitch, and you can move on with your day.
1: Technically, you don't have to wipe. Yeah. I mean, for GP, you always general purpose, you always wipe. But, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: And
1: okay. then you can there's a
2: there's a military technique uh, where you can wipe with just one sheet of paper. Right? One finger,
0: one yeah. sheet. Are you familiar with this? Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I've, Look, I've heard it, I've seen it I don't believe in it, I don't like it um, I don't like using one finger and one sheet On there it. it's, yeah, I, it's I've tried it a couple times out of desperation Well do you
2: want to, Mike, explain exactly How it
1: works for the audience, because I'm not sure everybody knows this
0: Yeah, t- tell yeah. everybody
1: Yeah, so the, the toilet paper at MREs Comes in like a little wad And then that wad has Individual sheets, the mistake people make Is they pull it out of that little brown Container, and they open it And they just go to town well, if you open it up it's stacked toilet paper on top of each other in small squares and it's like it's like a patch that you strip copper out of your barrel with Ex- except you're not except your asshole is the barrel so you you stick <laughs> one finger on one patch and you're basically boresnick in your ass mm. i mean you could literally just wipe the surface and then go in a little bit and you get rid of it and then you have like 50 more sheets mm. so 50 shits you have And most people will screw it up because they'll use four fingers, they'll get shit on their palm, and then they just wasted a whole wad of toilet paper. There's a very specific technique. I'll add it on the app. I'll have a virtual um, slot and season where we can go over that in an episode. I uh, feel I'll, like I'll maybe sure this
2: there needs to be a video and In an animation, I was, I was yeah. thinking the
0: same thing. In an um, animation yeah. of I this. I think Jared Taylor could be good for
2: that. Did yep. Jared Taylor do that one
0: Just, for just you. an animated <laughs> version of you wiping your asshole and yes. just telling people what to do to be prepared. <laughs> yes. I like that, Mike. Um, yeah. Now, obviously, I, I, we, we knew you were coming on the show, by the way, and uh, we knew you were coming on this date, i missed you during the uh the sub though i really wanted you on that sub week to uh to figure that shit out did you know what was going on when that fucking thing went down what happened the submarine when uh, i went down to the titanic
1: oh i knew i knew those fuckers were dead as soon as i heard that the call went out god damn it i knew it dead.
0: i fucking knew it dude i was yeah. like man if mike was on this week we could just solve this and not have to go on this four day journey of i heard banging and hammers and sounds and they might be alive you knew they were fucking fucking dead right away right
1: well as soon as you hear that they detached and on the way down they dis they've lost contact immediately i mean what comes to mind is the the amount of pressure that they're under and then if you just do a little bit of research about the submarine itself it, it was carbon fiber. And so when you talk to like, Cam, uh, or, or uh, not Cameron Haynes, uh, what's the dude name from Titanic that did the whole fucking movie? Uh, James Cameron, Cameron. James Cameron, yeah. James Cameron. James Cameron Haynes. He is the SME at all this shit because he threw billions of dollars at the problem. So he was able to do it the right way. And he was one of the first guys out the gate who was like, no, this, th- these dudes are likely fucking dead. And carbon fiber obviously isn't the best thing to use. Uh, When you're under, you know, a hundred million fucking tons of pressure. And so as soon as I heard it, I knew the anomaly of the noise was just that an anomaly. Mm. Um, I just know a little bit about that sub world. I worked with the Navy a little bit Mm. on, on the sub stuff. And then I had a couple guys uh, hit me up, and they're like, "These these fuckers are dead. They're yeah. dead up the gate."
2: Now, what and, about the twenty nine dollar yeah. Logitech controller, game controller?
1: Was that was that a red flag? At and all? did
0: it survive? <laughs> Do you think that survived? Yeah, that was a
1: big red. flag. And, <laughs> and you know what's funny is they used. I think they used a wireless version in the sub, like because it's used. They're using blue, like a, uh, they're using RF. It's yeah. like at least use the fucking cord. Yeah, like like tether it analog so that there's no failure of an RF signal in the middle of the sub. It just did not go down well hopefully their deaths were quick according to the the simulation that i saw where it just showed the sink and then it squeezed them out and blood just squirted out the other end i was like okay yeah that was quick they they didn't know what was coming yeah. it happened fast and
2: the, the no the controller I, it was funny when somebody photoshopped a controller on the bottom of an of a seabed yeah, i thought it was real but that's not no that you think so the pressure Legit. crushed a goddamn big carbon fiber thing but not this little plastic toy Well, it's not a fucking Nokia phone, for Christ's sake.
0: I saw the same video you did, Mike, Right where it squeezed up and then at the end shot out. And I was like, maybe the controller just shot out and was just on the the ocean floor. And that would be a fun thing, you know, that we could have like Tupac's car that he got shot in uh, or the controller or uh, the OJ knife or something like that. Where, you know, it's on display and we can go and see it and be like, holy shit, that's the controller from the thing.
1: Yeah. Well that's like the that's like throwing a penny off of the Empire State Building it's that whole you know there's an anomaly there the issue with the controller is it's pla- it's compressed plastic so it's already compressed it, it, the human body is literally a a walking pimple it's mm. like you're full of pus and so imagine all those that void of all the especially the the chest cavity that's full of pressure and you know it's an air cavity that collapses first and then you're just gone i mean i would imagine I don't know if they've ever tested that with monkeys and shit, but well, I imagine that's how it works. It, your head is another version of it. It's just, a, you know, it's like, I mean, squeezing that's very easy to do, and all that pressure is going to squeeze on your head and pop it like a pimple, mm. and you're fucking dead. So it's quick um, death? Oh, quick yeah. Death, you're yeah, yeah. saying? Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 <clears throat> it sucks. That's the worst way to go because leading up to it, knowing the shit's going to happen, and then you're gone, I guess there's there's a little bit of worse ways to go, but that that sucks regardless.
0: I don't think they knew. I don't think people know the shit that you know, and I think you know they were just on the boat and they were like, oh fuck, somebody will find us, and then boom, you're dead and you're you're squozed to death, uh, which is yeah. definitely a word. And uh, I don't think those guys <laughs> knew, but uh, you would know in that fucking thing. And I I picture somebody like you in something like that you would know how you were going to die and you'd be so pissed off about it because you couldn't do anything. Um, where if, if you were on that thing, I was like, oh shit, man, he'd lose his fucking mind right before he died.
1: Yeah, I would never put myself in those situation just weighing risk. I'm, you know, Risk assessments in the military used to piss me off. But looking at the, the, my career and its totality and all the things that we avoided and a, a, a bunch of sketchy circumstances, even in training, I realized the importance of that and weighing those risks. And when 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 our best fucking subs in our military can't go to the depth of this little janky ps5 controlled fucking sub it's like that's probably a warning sign that this isn't the best way to go I mean you don't have to dig in the weeds to realize like yeah this is I mean th- the fact that it's not tethered <laughs> is the first warning sign yeah you have a submersible that goes down on the Titanic deeper than any craft and there's no connection to that if, if something goes bad. So if something goes bad, even if they found them at the bottom of the sea, it couldn't be recovered because yeah. there's no way to hook it and, and push it. So, I mean, we talk about this in the book Prepared. It's contingency-based planning. Like we don't, we don't plan for the best-case scenario. We plan for the worst-case scenario. We don't plan for everything to go right. We plan for everything to go wrong. And so these guys had no contingency plans at all. And they said they had these like mechanisms that were like inflate and put them the surface. Like how about the first mechanism is tethering the bitch. If it goes down and you lose control or power that you could actually manually pull it back up. That would have been just common sense applied. But common sense isn't too common in that sub.
0: So. Yeah, uh,
2: I kind of feel like this sounds like something rednecks would have done. I, it, Not a bunch I, of fucking smart people. I don't need like that it are billionaires no sense, and shit. Yeah. This sounds like a dude with a mall. He's like, oh, fuck. build yeah. a better. sub, Matt. Yeah. Bunch of damn liberals built that sub. Hell no. That'd was something beer. off
1: Amazon. Yeah. They would have poured beer down the connection though. That would have been <laughs> yeah. like a uh yeah. a port oh, for yeah. for beer.
2: That'd have been great. They've got like a fucking uh rectech grill in the back of that thing, like turn the damn grill off. Get <laughs> smoky in here, here it's man. smoky
0: in here, man. I think I think we're we we need something. Um <laughs> with you personally, look, I military wise, obviously, um you've been in a, a ton of fucked up situations that you didn't know were gonna happen. Has anything happened in real life where you've had to apply some of the things you write about in the book where you actually used it on a real person in a real life situation here, uh, you know, walking down the street or at school or something like that, where you were like, I got it. Because that's what we all envision. Like, you're the guy. And I was like, all right, shit. If a school shooting was going down and Mike Glover was there, Mike's going to stop this shit. Um, Has anything like that ever happened in the real world to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's happened to me a lot. I don't know. I don't know why the fuck that is. So I think guys with our military experience, we, we we're tuned into things like that. So you hear an accident, you assess it quickly, and if people need help, you go to fucking help them. Mm-hmm. And so, I, like like mili- many military guys who are squared away, that are good Samaritans, I've been on the scene of many instances to help people. And you know, one instance where my team sergeant at the time really young team sergeant uh, I was one of his snipers um I was on my way to range 37 which is a range uh, at Fort Bragg I was going to go there to shoot on a Saturday afternoon and my team sergeant Walker Booth was in front of me and he was driving in front of me on his Harley with his wife and a person pulled out in front of him. they got t- they they T-boned they T-boned the car completely one oh, of the worst case scenarios that you could be in now, his wife was killed on impact. I tried to treat him for trauma in the middle of the road and did everything I could. I applied tourniquets from the from the kit that I had in my vehicle. In fact, some of the equipment that I built for my company was based off that experience and not having the right shit in the right position. Um, and so a chaotic scene, but I went into training mode. I put a tourniquet on him. I actually, actually needle decompressed him after I put a hyphen chest seal over a chest wound that he had um gave him some relief right before he died in my fucking arms and that was really tragic i mean he was a good friend of mine he was my team sergeant his wife passed away his boys his sons um were some somebody that i used to be around uh in the the team room Mm -hmm. and super tragic but in life that shit happens and i don't wish that experience on anybody but the reality is based on all the statistics that I measure, even basic ones like car accidents or you know, drug overdoses or accidents, period, or violent acts across uh, major metropolitan cities, these things are more likely to happen to you now more than ever in the history of our country. So just pay attention. I, here's what I say uh, on, on that, one, that one question. On the opposite end of the spectrum, yesterday I was out with my kids. And my kids are my world. I have a, a, a twin boy and girl. They're four years old. We we're out riding bikes at a local park. And there was a fucking, there was a, there was a bird hung upside down hanging from a tree branch flapping around. And my kids were like, daddy, what's going on? Help him. And I was like, okay, so they know help. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, how the fuck do I help this bird? Like, I don't have anything. I literally was going to take my everyday carry fanny pack, which has a pistol in it. I was going to clear out the pistol, put the pistol back into the bag, and then use it to throw at him and and kill him in the tree because I didn't want to see him suffer like that. So I took a step back. I kind of analyzed the situation, and I had a Benchmade folding knife in my pocket. I went to my truck. I have a toolkit in my truck. I had a hammer. I went to the branch. I used the hammer and the Benchmade and notched out that branch, lowered it. Removed using a, a that knife removed all the, the um It was string that was wrapped around his feet that he picked up from like litter on the ground and then somehow got it caught up on a Tree limb a limb. I removed it all from his feet. I thought he would be dead I thought he would be have broken leg or something like that I fixed it cut him cut him out of it held him and just like was gonna gently put him on the ground and let him suffer in Silence because I thought for sure he's gonna die and that little bitch flew away and I was like <laughs> Holy shit. He flew away and landed in a tree and my daughter turns and looks at me and she said she's four years old and she said good job Daddy and gave me a hug and I'm like look it it does this shit doesn't have to consume your life We're not talking about like fucking zombie apocalypse But you can be planned for that worst-case scenario that that day that is your worst day ever but also all the little things because you're more adaptable you're more able to think through difficult situations like a fucking bird stuck in a tree and your kids are looking at you like daddy. What are you gonna do? You know, are you gonna help this bird out? Like do you have the tools the resources and all the people around me had no fucking clue what to do all the civilians that were like Passerbys, they didn't lend help. They didn't do anything and, and when I tell people it's like le- if you don't learn the skill sets for you at a minimum learn it for your family at a minimum learn it for your community be the good samaritan the responsible citizen who helps other people because one day if it's not you i promise you it's going to be somebody you love or somebody that you you come across mm. yeah if you're not somebody that adds
2: value you're someone who extracts value that's how it is right yes that's yeah. just that's fucking Oxygen how it is be.
0: Yep. yeah uh you know who that bird became by the way Barack Mike. obama nope Woodstock, Woodstock, <laughs> and uh starring in the new Snoopy movie that's coming out next summer, so. oh God,
2: is there a Snoopy movie? now? No,
0: I don't know,, uh, but it seems likely that's uh Mike freed Woodstock, and that's the story that I'm going with today, okay,
1: <laughs> that's a beautiful story, it's yeah,
2: Woodstock sure a, is Woodstock's dude. probably fucking uh uh not
0: even a bird anymore. Snoopy's played by a cat uh Snoopy's gonna be played by uh Lizzo, so mm. that's gonna be a thing, and what what Mike all right. Woodstock is trans. So you saved a trans bird. Uh, sorry about it. But well, the bird,
2: the bird's transitioning to a dog. Yeah. And so, then, then Lizzo as a dog is transitioning to a
0: cat. It's a long. It's going to be a long process, but uh, can't wait to see that movie on Blu-ray when it's available. Uh, now is the point in the show where we get to the drinking bro of the week, which is someone who has inspired you or helped you become the person you are today. Who would you like to give the drinking
1: bro of the week to? Um. Oh, that's interesting because I, I have something right here in front of me. Uh, I knew this was coming. I'd like to give it to this kid named Andy who hit me up on social media. And real quick, he said, Last night driving back to Fayetteville, Arkansas from dropping our kids off, we were the second car to arrive on a horrific accident. There was three dead on arrival and three needing immediate care. Utilizing the emergency kits from Philcraft Survival, I was able to put a split on one man with a compound fracture, break a moonroof open and pull another lady out and stabilize with broken ankles and wrist had tourniquets available but didn't need them. Either way, after the dust settled, got to talk to others that had stopped about Phil Kraft's mission and what's available. I was, I was thankful for the kits and the videos. Now I need to restock Andy. And so my, mine goes out to Andy for being a responsible uh, asset to his community and not a oxygen thief liability. That's amazing. Uh, and then tell everybody where they can find uh,
0: stuff like this to put in your truck or keep with you or keep in your house.
1: Uh, all of it's available at Philcraft Survival. That's across the board. That's the .com. That's free education on the YouTube channel. Um, that's our app. If you go everywhere where apps are found, Roku, Samsung, Android, Apple, you could tether it to your TV. Uh, the Philcraft Survival app's available as well. All Philcraft Survival.
0: Perfect. And the book is uh, Prepared, A Manual for Surviving Worst case scenarios That is out now It is available Amazon's the quickest so It'll get to your house In 48 hours uh, I'm assuming you read Your own audiobook, Right You've got a
1: I d- I You've did. got a great yeah. voice um, Thank you Ray Porter read Jack Carr's as well mm. It's hard to follow up It's all downhill After Jack Carr's Ford I'll, I'll be honest I know right That shit is good <laughs> It's weird He's talking about Thermopylae In the first three sentences And I'm like Fuck Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Really good
0: Nowhere to go with that uh, Did you work with Nils Parker On this by any
1: chance I did.
0: I did. Saw, I've I feel, worked with him yeah. as well. Love Nils. Uh, great writer. Really good. Great writer. Great editor. Great human being. And uh, that's awesome, man. Uh, buy this book. It is out everywhere. Talked about this in the show. Um, if you want to you know, vote with your dollars and help support people like this who are just trying to get <laughs> normal messaging out into the world, uh, support Mike Glover. Go buy this book uh, if you need any survival year whatsoever go to his websites uh support the people that are trying to make a difference in the world uh money really fucking helps at the end of the day so uh please use your wallets responsibly mike's one of the good ones man thanks for being on the show today
1: yeah thanks for the opportunity and the platform i appreciate what you guys do thanks
0: absolutely man we we love you buddy uh for d'anthony d'anthony holloway mike glover i'm ross patterson this is the drinking bros podcast good night everyone